Should I get the COVID-19 vaccine? Questions answered for the Black community. This program was made possible by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and is a co-production of Twin Cities PBS and KMOJ. Welcome to the program. My name is Chantel Sings, and this is KMOJ. And this is a special program called Should I Get the COVID-19 Vaccine? Questions answered for the black community. Uh, This program was made possible by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and is a co-production of Twin Cities PBS and, of course, here at KMOJ. Um, The purpose of this program is to talk about COVID-19 vaccination in the context of the black community and to empower audiences to make the medical decisions that are best for themselves, their families, Families, of course, and their communities. And joining us, two uh, amazing figures in our community, Dr. Nathan Chomolo. He's a medical director for the state of Minnesota's Medicaid and Minnesota Care programs and practices as a general pediatrician and hospital internist with Park Nicollet. He is an adjunct assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Minnesota Medical School and is a co-founder of the organization Minnesota Doctors for Health Equity. His work has been recognized by the city of Minneapolis Department of Civil rights, which recognized him as a 2019 history maker at home recipient. Also joining us, Marcus Owens is a social entrepreneur, system shifter and community developer. He believes that expanding economic and educational opportunities and improving health and well-being for all is key to building a healthier and just community. Uh, Thank you both Marcus and Dr. Chomolo for joining us. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having us, Chantal. Yeah, thanks for having us. For sure. Thank you so much. Uh, Very much a much needed conversation around vaccinations. A lot of people uh, have their, uh, uh, you know, their their thoughts about this. It's a very, uh, a very big topic on social media right now. We know that there are two vaccines on the market, Moderna and Pfizer, um, as of the creation of this of this program. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the communities and what you you guys have seen as experts and uh, medical professionals in the industry. First and foremost, Dr. Chomolo, let's start with you. Who should get a va- COVID-19 vaccine and can everyone get it? Well, uh, I'd say I hope eventually everyone uh, gets the COVID-19 vaccine. Right now, the two shots that have been approved for emergency use authorization through the FDA, um, uh, the Pfizer shot is approved for those 16 and older, and then the Moderna shot is for those 18 and older. Um, And we aren't recommending if you have any kind of like short-term illnesses, uh, like flu-like symptoms, if you recently had COVID-19, so generally within the last three months. And then we have seen some people have allergic reactions to shots, just like we see allergic reactions to other types of medications. And so if you've had any allergic reaction to a vaccine or a shot before, you know, we're recommending you talk to your doctor about it before uh, getting the shot. Dr. Chomolo, you mentioned about some age groups. What's that about? Is there a certain age group of which can receive which vaccine? So um, the, under how they were approved, uh, each trial had uh, a certain number of participants uh, down to certain ages. And so that's the different kind of discrepancy in age range. And so um, in, in general, most um, teenagers aren't getting vaccinated at this point. We're really focusing because, you know, we're looking at priority groups based off of healthcare workers, 
those in you know long-term care facilities like nursing homes and then moving into um, uh, older folks in our communities who are at higher risk uh, but uh, you know the shot is approved uh, the Pfizer shot is approved for 16 up uh, the Moderna for 18 up and there are trials going on right now to um, uh, look at the shot for younger kids uh, but I, I think we'll still be a couple months away before those are available widely. Wow, wasn't aware of that. Thank you for uh, uh, making that known uh, for those who did not know that. Uh, Marcus, how can the black community trust that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe um, when they were developed so quickly? And also, who's who is involved in the testing? And then, Dr. Chomolo, I'll get a second uh, opinion from you on that same uh, question. Yeah, thanks, Antel, for the question. And, and, and first of all, just, you know, community, I'm a professional, right? I'm a community member coming this discussion so I'm, I'm faced with many of these same questions for my family as we're you know thinking about when it's time for us to take the vaccine what are we going to do and as a family we decided we're going to take the vaccine I mean I think it's important for us to um, move forward in our lives and help our community and those around us um, to be healthier and and not spread this this deadly virus that has really impacted our community so you know from a, from a trust perspective I, I had to get there um, and, and, you know, many of the discussions I have with folks in community or, or here, you know, whether it's on social media or just anywhere else, is that, you know, there's this long history of medical research without informed consent um, and, and it just overall personal negative experiences with the medical field in our community. And, you know, that, that warrants a lot of distrust in, in systems. And, you know, even with this past administration and how quickly they did it and, and what they've done, you know, throughout this pandemic, has, you know, brought a lot of questions up. But, you know, what I did, you know, as an individual and, and with our family is like, okay, well, who can we trust? Um, and, you know, our, we have black doctors that are in the field like Dr. Tromolo and, and Dr. Uh, Zeke McKinney that have a lot of great information and got a lot of great knowledge and have been involved in the process of, you know, how this has been developed and brought to our communities. And so as I listen to them talk about you know, what's happened, what are the, the, the pros and cons. I, I really took to heart, you know, and trust that their their professionalism and their advise me some level of like understanding and trust that, you know, this is the right thing to do, right? And I, I think as a community, we have to get, educate ourselves and we have to like, you know, find out who are those experts in our community that, you know, can provide some level of reassurance. Now, nothing is perfect, and and we we have to figure out where where the lines are for ourselves. But you know, this is one way that we can ensure that our community is safe long term. Absolutely, you're listening to "Should I Get the COVID nineteen Vaccine?" Questions answered for the Black community, uh, and I'm your host Chantel Sings. We're talking to Dr. Nathan Chomolo and also Marcus Owens. Dr. Chomolo, the same question for you, but also who's involved in the testing of these vaccines, um, and what is your trust level as a medical professional in the industry at this time uh, with COVID nineteen and the pandemic? Yeah, I want to thank Marcus for really touching on a lot of uh, kind of similar you know steps that I took. Um, in kind of making the decision both for myself but then as a medical professional whether it's just something I could go out and tell my patients uh, and, and recommend to them you know with confidence and you know I, I had my own questions you know at the beginning of the pandemic about the speed of which you know the vaccine was developed 
some of the new technology. And so I had to, you know, do a lot of my own research and studying uh, and reading about um, the science behind it, um, talking to experts I trust. I also actually go back to medical school with Dr. Zeke McKinney, and so he's uh, uh, a doc in the community that I really trust as well. Um, and then others, some national experts that I, I know and have followed for some time around vaccine development. And it really came to the similar conclusion that, you know, we don't know everything, and I think it's important to have these honest conversations, but from what we do know, you know, believe that the shot is our best bet. It's safer than risking getting COVID-19. And, you know, some of the things that um, really reassured me about the speed was, you know, one of the reasons we got here faster was just the amount of money and brain power that has been really focused on this one question. We haven't seen that like at any other period of time in our history where we have all these scientists and we have all this money focused on one problem. And, and we know that money moves things. And so, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons we're able to uh, get here quicker. The technology itself also allows it to get quicker. And then the fact that we're in a pandemic means that the that, you know, the um, virus is just everywhere. And so to know if a vaccine is safe and effective, you just need people to be exposed to the virus. And, and in the past, we haven't had outbreaks like this. And so it takes longer to, you know, for people to get exposed and to know. And so I think those things really helped me. Um, in addition to kind of your question about like, you know, who is involved in the testing. And so the development of the vaccine it, uh, has been uh, uh, really uh, impacted by black physicians. And so the Moderna vaccine in particular, uh, uh, Kazmika Corbett uh, is a physician at the National Institutes of Health, who's one of the lead scientists and virologists, uh, is a black physician, or black scientist, I should say, who really worked um, to help pilot and develop and produce that vaccine. And so, and she's, you know, been on the record saying that, you know, this is not at all like Tuskegee. Um, you know, there's been black physicians involved in every step. There's been participants involved and, uh, you know, uh, made aware of the risks and benefits at every step. Uh, and, and even though representation hasn't been quite what we'd hope, you know, in the Moderna trial, there was about 10% and the Pfizer trial was about 9% of the participants who were black um, versus, you know, in our uh, country, about 13% of us are black. Um, it's a lot better actually than historical precedents. And so if you look at clinical trials before, usually it's only about 5% of individuals that are black. And so you think about all the different treatments and things that we take uh, and rely on medicine for, you know, we've historically been underrepresented and we actually have better representation uh, than previously seen in, in these um, uh, trials. And so the, the last kind of point uh, I'll, I'll say is in one of the other groups that I was really looking at to kind of help make my decision uh, was the National Medical Association. And so the National Medical Association was started uh, by black physicians when they weren't allowed entry into the American Medical Association. And so they're the largest and longest standing uh, black physician organization. And they created their own independent panel uh, to look at uh, these uh, reports and data that the FDA received from the companies and then asked specific questions um, about uh, from the companies about the vaccines themselves to come up with their own independent recommendation. Um, and, and they felt that, you know, both the percentage and number of black people enrolled were sufficient to have confidence in the health outcomes of these clinical trials. And, and they feel like uh, for our communities, uh, getting the shot is the best uh, opportunity we have to keep us healthy and safe. And so, you know, really looking at different experts, having these conversations, welcoming, you know, uh, the conversation. But, you know, for me and for my patients, I'm really recommending that, you know, we get the shot. 
So, Dr. Chomolo, another question to you um, in regards to people who just don't. Uh, we're speaking about trust with the vaccinations and everything. Uh, what about the group of people who are apprehensive about taking this vaccination uh, for COVID-19? Is there going to be some type of measures in place uh, if we start to see a lot of more people not willing to take the vaccine? Will there be measures put in place to uh, make sure that the majority of people that we need to take this vaccine in order to get this pandemic under control? Are there going to be measures put in place? There's not going to be an option at some point, basically. Right, what like I'm it'll be mandatory or forced. Yeah. So one, you know, at least where we are right now, the two shots that have been approved are approved under this emergency use authorization, uh, which means, you know, they were able to get out there quickly because of the, you know, public health emergency we're in. And under that um, authorization, you cannot mandate someone to take uh, the shots. And so schools can't mandate it, um, employers can't mandate it, the government can't mandate it. And so, you know, uh, as long as it's in this emergency use authorization, which I anticipate likely, you know, through through this year, um, there, there really will be the, there's not the ability to be mandated to do it. Now, going forward, I, I do think down the road that uh, we will see, you know, for uh, the public health good and for uh, trying to get back to, you know, the life we enjoyed before COVID, uh, that you'll see some places, some employers will, you know, in, uh, enforce it. I think down the road, schools, um, I, I can imagine countries, if you want to travel um, places, um, they'll be requiring it. And so I, I do think see that down the road, but I don't see that in the short term being an issue just because it's not allowed under law. For sure. Uh, and also, so next question, if a person gets the COVID-19 vaccine, can they go back to doing things like seeing extended family, going to church and eating in restaurants, getting back to like you talked about that normalcy that we all miss so much after you've been vaccinated? How soon can we go back to doing the things that we did before the pandemic? Yeah, I think this speaks to the need that for us to approach this with a you know a thought of the impact of our community because if you get the shot yourself, um, you, you will be protected from the worst complications and from death from COVID nineteen, but you could still potentially spread it to others and um, and if they haven't had the shot, then they could get sick um, and, and and they could suffer complications or even death. And so you know we need about seventy to eighty percent of the people in our community to either have survived COVID or get the shot to have what's called, you know, community immunity, right? And so that um, that's going to take a lot of us, um, you know, thinking, thinking about our health, but also thinking about the health of our communities before we get back to some of the normal things. And I, I don't know if that's, you know, one of something that you guys thought about, Marcus, in, in your guys' conversations about, you know, taking the shot. Yeah, and, you know, and this, this is a really, um, you know, good point here about, like, you know what what's going to happen after i get this shot and i think and i've seen this in a couple circles where you know people are passing around um different articles around the fact that someone got the covid 19 after they got a, a first shot and people need to realize in our community is that this is a process it's not like i get a shot and everything is normal right and it's like you're still going to have to take precautions until we get to um, that that you know community immunity point right mm -hmm. and even within that there's nuance where it's like the doctor said there's two shots and you may have been exposed to COVID before your first shot which means you could get it right and you still have another shot that's three or four weeks later um, so like going through the process of like get vaccinated and then taking that time to still kind of use the same precautions you have, like wearing a mask and social distancing, mm -hmm. is going to be a, like a still a, a fact in our lives 
until we get to that point and then you know you know working through that process so for us we're like okay get the shot when where it's available and then you know still go through those precautions in hopes that by the end of this year or early next year you know we're we're back to the things that we enjoy doing Absolutely. We're talking to Dr. Ch- uh, Dr. Nathan Chomolo and also Marcus Owens uh, about the COVID-19 vaccines in the black community. Uh, we're answering questions uh, specifically for the black community. Marcus, uh, t- uh, continuing with you, how does the COVID-19 vaccine work exactly for people who just don't understand it? And that's part of their apprehension with even uh, deciding to take the vaccine. Yeah, so the, the things that I know through the research I've done, and again, I'm not a medical professional, right? I, I let Dr. Chomolo talk about that part, but this is, this is for me, what was a, a kind of a turning point. Like, I don't take the flu shot, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had years where I'm like, you know what, I don't get the flu, so I don't take the flu shot. So I don't, I don't use that same, you know, lens of how, why I would take this shot. So the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are really different than me taking the flu shot. And one of the reasons that, you know, I, I see it as different is that the flu shot injects part of the flu in you, right? But Moderna and these vaccines that we have, it's a way different process. And I'll let the doctor talk about that. But, you know, you take one shot and it sounds like you, you have to take that second shot after a couple of weeks, which means that it's not like bang, bang. It's like, okay, take it, make sure that you respond to it. And then you get your second dose and make sure you respond to it. And they're constantly looking at, how people respond to these different vaccines. And Dr. Chomolo, just from your medical expertise, uh, can you give me your take on how the vaccine works? And for people who do, like Marcus say, they don't take the flu shot, they've never taken it. How is it different from a flu shot? Yeah, that's a really great point uh, that Marcus brings up in that it it is different uh, than the flu shot. There is no uh, COVID-19 virus or or SARS-CoV-2 virus um, in the shot itself, and what it really is doing is it has what's called, you know, mRNA, which is messenger RNA, packaged in a way that uh, it kind of teaches some of your cells how to make this protein called the spike protein. And if everyone's seen those pictures of the coronavirus, the spike protein are those kind of like red knobs or crowns all going around that sphere of the virus. Right, and so what it does is it teaches your cells how to make this one specific protein. Um, your body recognizes that protein, and then is able to make the defense against it, uh, so that if your body sees coronavirus, it then recognizes that protein on the coronavirus and is able to shut it down um, before you get sick. Right, um, and so it, it's um, you know I've heard uh, one of the former um, FDA directors kind of describe it as. You know, uh, it's basically an email uh, that is sending, you know, instructions to your body about how to create the protection and destroy the virus, and then it disappears like a Snapchat, right? So it doesn't linger around, and, and so it doesn't change your DNA, doesn't um, do anything like that. And, and the shots are really effective, you know, in the studies, you know, um, 94, 95% of people who got the shot were protected completely from getting it, uh, and no one that got the shot died from COVID-19 in any of the trials. Uh, and just to compare, you know, the flu shot and, um, you know, that's science that we're continuing to try to uh, improve, but, you know, year to year, we, uh, you know, about 60% or so of people who get the flu shot are, you know, completely protected from the flu shot. And so it's a really great way to protect against COVID-19. And I think the other thing is that 
you know, uh, we see COVID-19 a lot more so than we even see during our flu season. We see how deadly it is and how much more deadly it is than the flu. And so I think, you know, it really is a lot different. And so I think it's good to make those distinctions. Thank you both. Uh, Great answers and responses to the questions. You're listening to Should I Get the COVID-19 Vaccine? Questions answered for the Black community. We're talking to Dr. Chomolo and Marcus Owens. Uh, Dr. Chomolo, what are the short-term and long-term effects of the COVID-19 vaccine? With any vaccine, a lot of times there are some side effects, um, but there, you know, there's not a lot of information, I don't think, about the long and short-term effects of the vaccine itself. Yeah, well, there's actually more and more information about the short-term effects because, you know, the trials have been going on now for around eight months, um, if you look all the way back to the first phases of the trials. And so, you know, the short-term effects, you know, of are, you know, having some kind of muscle soreness, um, you might have some pain and redness at the injection site, some fatigue, um, even some headache. Um, but most people tolerate the first shot really well. In fact, I got my first uh, Pfizer shot two weeks ago. I had uh, nothing the first day, woke up the next morning with some soreness in that arm, and then it was gone within 24 hours. And that's a pretty common um, kind of side effect from the, sh- the first shot. After the second shot, we are seeing some people have a little bit more like uh, fever chills, body aches and fatigue, um, and, and feeling just kind of ill, you know, for 12 to 24 hours after the shot. But um, people recover within a day or two from that as well. Um, When we talk about long-term side effects, for most shots, you know, any long-term uh, side effects we see happen in months. We really don't see long-term side effects where you get the shot, you feel healthy, and then like years down the road, you start to have troubles with your health that's related to the shot. That, that doesn't happen with how uh, vaccines work with our body. And so we haven't seen any uh, you know, long-term side effects um, across the board with these shots at this point. Um, the thing I always like to kind of also thrown to the discussion is that we are also still learning about COVID-19, right? And so we all are pretty aware now of the short-term effects of COVID-19, getting sick, cold, cough, and some people get really sick and up in the hospital, and then, you know, the worst is people dying. Um, we're still learning about the long-term effects. So if you survive the short-term, you know, effects of COVID-19, what are going to be the long-term impacts on your health? And we're seeing some people who, you know, get COVID-19 and don't get their energy levels back up, start having issues with their hearts. Um, we've had some people, you know, get issues with blood clots and stuff like that. And so I think it's important to kind of know that, you know, while we don't know everything we'd like to about the, the shots, we also don't know everything we'd like to about COVID-19. And on the whole, you know, the risk of the shot is much lower than the risk of COVID-19, short-term and long-term known and unknown. This program was made possible by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and is a co-production of Twin Cities PBS and KMOJ. Should I get the COVID-19 vaccine? Questions answered for the black community as we're wrapping up, uh, running out of time. Uh, Marcus, can you tell us where, when, and how can we get the COVID-19 vaccine? Is it free? Uh, Where can you go for more information? Yeah, so right now, um, all Minnesotans will eventually have access to the vaccine. But due to the limited supply, you know, supply chain is a big deal right now. And so to, to limited supply, not everyone will be able to get the vaccine right now. Um, there are in different um, um, groups of folks that should be focused right now, and that's the healthcare workers, frontline workers such as educators, and then just recently um, populations that are with um, above 65, right? And so it's really important for our community right now to really focus on our, our healthcare providers, 
um, our educators, and then those that are 65 and older because we want to make sure that they are protected first and foremost because they're the ones being impacted the most in, in, um, in our communities, particularly around Hennepin and Ramsey County. Um, the other thing, <clears throat> if you want more information, um, you know, this will be released by the Minnesota Department of Health. And so you can go to their website at mn.gov backslash COVID, C-O-V-I-D. And also there is a black community hotline that the African-American Leadership Forum is partnered with the Phyllis Wheatley Community Center um, to get all of your questions answered around COVID-19 as it relates to the health you know, components to it, vaccines, um, if you're unemployed because of it, if you're losing housing, if you have food insecurity, call this number 612-254-1145. Thank you so much for that, Marcus. Dr. Chomolo, as we wrap up, we know that there are some myths out there. There's some misinformation. Not everything that you hear and see is factual. Can you give us just a few myths and facts about the COVID-19 vaccine that you've been uh, seeing uh, in your profession? Yeah, yeah. So we have questions like, you know, if I already had COVID-19, I don't need to get the vaccine. And um, that's, you know, not true. We know that we think that you've got some protection to that specific kind of strain, but we've already seen that there's new strains coming out and so people can get reinfected with that. And there's good evidence that uh, the shots help protect uh, and uh, you from different strains better than, you know, getting the virus itself. Um, there's some, you know, concerns about if you have underlying health conditions or, you know, uh, immune suppression, things like HIV or, you know, on medications for cancer, things like that, that you shouldn't get vaccinated. And, um, you know, we do know that people in these categories are actually more likely to be negatively impacted by COVID-19. And so whatever you can do to protect yourself, including getting a vaccine. And that's one of the specific questions uh, the National Medical Association asked about, um, you know, folks with sickle cell and, and HIV and other things like that. And, and um, you know, uh, re recommend that uh, they get vaccinated as well. And then um, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, like the messenger RNA, um, you know, sounds like DNA. And so there's you know, concerns that's going to alter your DNA, but that's not what it does. It never, doesn't ever get to that part of your cells even, and so it doesn't um, alter it. And then one that I've kind of uh, had a lot of questions and concerns about, it's going to impact on fertility, you know, whether breastfeeding um, or pregnant mothers can get it. Um, and there's, you know, no evidence that uh, COVID-19 vaccines make you infertile. In fact, uh, there was women that signed up for the clinical trials who were not pregnant at the time um, uh, and then they got pregnant while on the trial and so um, you know there's, there's no evidence that this uh, you know that this impacts fertility and uh, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology you know recommends that pregnant women women who are breastfeeding or trying to get pregnant talk to their doctors but that that should not be a reason that you don't get the vaccine. Wow, it's a lot of myths, a lot of facts out there. Thank you so much for, for clearing that up, uh, Dr. Chomolo. Uh, and thank you again to you both, uh, Marcus, uh, for all of your information, all of your expertise on the COVID-19 vaccine, specifically for the black community. We appreciate your time. We'll definitely have to check it, check back with you as this thing uh, continues and these vaccinations uh, continue to be distributed to see uh, how things turn out moving forward. So thank you so much, Marcus Owens. Thank you, Dr. Nathan Chomolo. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Santo. Absolutely. Should I get the COVID-19 vaccine questions answered for the black community? Uh, this program was made possible by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and is a co-production of Twin Cities PBS and KMOJ. I've been your host. I'm Chantel Sings. Thank you so much for listening.
Should I get the COVID-19 vaccine? Questions answered for the Black community. This program was made possible by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and is a co-production of Twin Cities PBS and KMOJ.